Die humans, what's a good boy? Chris Funder here with Alex Freddie Williams for another edition of the weekly wrestling wrap on Wrestling All Style. Alex, how are you, my friend? I'm feeling great, mate. Uh, some would say since the last time we spoke, someone's uh, refreshed me by hitting the play button on my life. Oh, sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. A very uh, happy birthday to you over the past oh. weekend, my friend. Man, I, I got an I got enough birthday love over the weekend. We don't need to give me any more. But yes, I'm now officially play button. Oh well, enjoy it while you can. Soon you'll be star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon I'll be. Um... Oh no, that wasn't that one. What else happened at thirty two? Oh, that was the really boring Triple H Roman match, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was that one. That was the one where Rock came out for like 45 minutes to light his sign on fire oh, and then pin was... Eric Rowan. Baron Corbin won Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, if I remember correctly. And DDP and Tatanka were randomly in the ring for it. Tatanka's awesome. Yeah, I know. It was just like. Oh, no, DDP got a good entrance, but Tatanka was just already in the ring, Tatanka, and you didn't even notice he was in there until he got eliminated. Oh. Oh, well. So, yeah, enjoy that uh, Triple H sting match before you get to Triple H Roman. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, Scott Hall taking a back body drop on the outside of the ring at WrestleMania 31. How did his spinal cord not just turn to dust then when that happened? Maybe he was unlike Kevin Nash and remembered to bring his brace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but enough dilly-dallying. Ooh. suppose we could let the humans in on a little secret if you like. Let the good folks know. Yeah, so... Uh, Coming up December, January, we'll be going on sort of a summer break schedule. But we want your feedback because we're going to be doing a holiday Q&A style type show and we want your feedback. There'll be a post going on the Facebook page very, very soon and we want your feedback in that uh, in that post. Yeah, yeah. and feel, feel free to leave as much feedback as you want. You know, if you leave some feedback, you say something... And then you finish it up, and you're like, oh, no, I should have said this, should have said that. Well, leave some more. The more, the better. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be looking at recording that one around mid-December for release in late December. Um, Yeah, so sort of got the next few months planned out. We can sort of touch on that a bit more next time. But, yeah. um, You're giving me some time off by the looks of the schedule. (laughs) What's going on here? So from December 20th through to uh, January 15th, we'll be taking our summer schedule. So Alex will be having time off. I'll be having a lot of time off, but I'll still just be doing quick solo weekly wrestling wraps on a Wednesday. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, Who knows? Who knows, I might pop in from time to time on holidays anyway because, yeah, there's a couple of those weeks there where I'll probably just be sitting at home doing not too much anyway. Fingers crossed 
more things will be opened up by then and I can do a bit, but yeah. Yeah, well, TLC's uh, the 20th and I thought, I'll give Alex that week off. (laughs) Oh, man. Isn't TLC, like, always just the most, like, the pay-per-view every year that feels like the biggest chore to watch? Like, it's in, in, like, it's just in the lead-up to holiday season. It's in between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble, so you know Mm. it's not going to mean anything. It's force-feeding gimmicks into pay-per-views. It's just, yeah, it's always just a meaningless chore. Yeah, a lot of the WWE pay-per-views are like that now, I'd say. There's one or two good things on there, and the rest is sort of filler. But, um, yeah, and then also early January is Wrestle Kingdom. But fear not, mid-January we'll do a full rundown as our first proper show back. Yeah, um, I wonder what it's going to look like by the time we get there, you know? I'm just really curious, like, how are they going to fill out two nights of this in, in a pandemic? Like, what are they going to do? Unless they're doing half nights each night with limited people to account for restrictions in Japan, I'm not too sure. Yeah, but in the Tokyo Dome, where I assume it's not that cheap to run the place, could you really afford to do a half night and have people be like, you know, only there for a couple of hours and not spending too much money at concession because they weren't there long enough and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Anyway... Origins on tonight with a full stadium. What the hell? Uh, It's like um, the world burns around Queensland and everything's fine in it. Yeah, and then bloody... (laughs) What do you call it? Adelaide's back on lockdown now after they've had a little outbreak over there. Saying it now, I think... I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think we're going to get wrestling in Melbourne again before we get wrestling in Adelaide again. Yeah, I suppose uh, Wright City Wrestling's going on break with the current uh, lockdown. Yeah. Um, you know, we've reviewed some of their shows and we've always pointed out how it didn't look like social distancing was that great there those shows um yeah it kind of makes you scratch your head in hindsight you know yeah absolutely um i suppose that's sort of enough dilly-dallying we can move on to the uh wrestling related news from internationally (laughs) sort of the thing everyone was talking about saturday afternoon well i suppose other than your birthday alex (laughs) oh yeah no it's it was the hot word around town, if you will. The fruit box had just turned the 31, baby. Um, oh, I might not do a Dusty again. That was pretty awful. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, um, did you happen to get a uh, a wheeled moped, if you will, for your birthday? I did not receive a bicycle. Oh, well. Or maybe you could say I had fallen on hard times, if you will. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> on to news. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Selena Vega released from WWE. Uh, from what I've read and heard, this is stemming from her not wanting to give up her Twitch, Patreon, and OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, even though you told me to have the weekend off from wrestling-related, uh, podcast-related reporting duties, if you will, this was such a big thing, like big news that broke on, well, Saturday morning here for us that I ended up spending most of the afternoon on my own birthday watching Zelina Vega on Twitch. Oh, because, wow. How'd that go? Like, it was insane. There was, like, 7,000 viewers on there. It was uh, double her largest ever viewer count on Twitch. Like, there was, like, hundreds of gift subs. Uh, I subbed to her as well. I don't often sub. I usually just... uh get gifted subs and I'm pretty happy. <laughs> but, um, like, Ooh. yes. Yeah, thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I ended up uh, subbing to Zelina and she got very emotional on there talking about how it had been a dream her whole life and it just pretty much came between choosing her dream or choosing her happiness and she chose her happiness. And... And because of that, she lost her dream. So, where do you stand on this, I suppose? Um, quite frankly, if you're an independent contractor, uh, you, your quote-unquote employer shouldn't have this much say over what you do in your spare time. On principle, I agree with you. However, she has signed a legal contract stating all this and she was given two weeks' notice to stop or face the company's consequences and she chose to keep going, so... She she stopped. She stopped the entire time. Really? Yeah, she she didn't. She didn't do it. The reason why she got released is because she kept asking if she could, if they could please let her go back. She stopped. She, she had her channel kept going, but it was her brother on the channel instead. Did her channel still say Lena Vega? Her channel doesn't even say that to begin with. Did it still have like imagery of her in the icons, the banner? Or the um, Twitch emotes? Uh, in the emotes, yes. But not not really... Not on the banner or the icon during that two-week period. And now it's all sort of changed again. But, yeah, I, I don't know what else she could have done. Like, her brother enjoys Twitching, so... You know what? Here you go, bro. I've got all these followers. Just use my account. Maybe you, you can make a name for yourself on that. 
Yeah, that still seems stupid considering how petty the Fed can be to put yourself in that position still. To to be fair, though, like, yes, she may have signed a contract that said this, but when did she sign? Like, four years ago? Well before she was a Twitch streamer? Like, like how was she going to know that this sort of thing would pop up? And to be quite frank, like, when she signed the contract, third parties apps weren't an issue, so it should have been fine. And then, like, when she signs that contract, like, those sort of clauses shouldn't be allowed to be requested by an employer if someone is an independent contractor. You're basically asking people to be treated like employees without giving them the benefits of employee status. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. It's just... It's a very complicated issue because looking at it from more of a legal standpoint where she has been given a month grace period to wind up and then two weeks to be told, hey, you know, sort of go and close your channel down, close your channel down. And you've said it's kept running. Yeah, the big issue, though, is why are the NXT wrestlers allowed to continue theirs? I don't know. Yeah, so, like, that's where the confusion is. Because NXT guys are allowed to do it. Like, Dakota still does hers. Like, Adam Cole still does his. Um, oh, a few others I've seen on there do it. And they're allowed to do it. But main roster isn't. Like, it's just confusing. What if you're, a, like, Mia Yim, for instance, who is a Twitch streamer or was? Who? Reckoning. Yeah. Like, what about when she was in that weird limbo period where she was on both NXT and Raw? What if the Twitch ban was around then? <sighs> like, like, what are you going to do? Tell her, oh, no, you're on the main roster. You're not allowed to have Twitch. No, but I was on NXT. Oh, okay, you can have Twitch. No, But no, you can't because you're on main... What happens? It's just it's just confusing. Either let everyone use Twitch or let no one use Twitch. You can't just be like, oh, the NXT guys can. Yeah, well, I've already told you what they should do a few months ago. Start their own app? Yeah, bring back Tout as an all-inclusive WWE social media access for the, so- for the WWE universe. Imagine how expensive they would charge subs for, like, a tout gaming section. Yeah, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Have you seen the stuff about the virtual meet and greets? You you want to have a virtual meet and greet with, like, Cedric Alexander? 150 US dollars for, what was it, for two minutes or something? Jeez. No, thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure if I would pay that for two minutes with, like, your top, top guys. No offence, Cedric Alexander. Here's Ric Flair for two minutes. No, it'd still probably be cheaper than his cameo. 
it's like what is it, like six hundred bucks for a cameo from Ric Flair. <sighs> Anyhow, um, yeah, I suppose it is what it is, and it's gonna just sort of stay that way, I guess. Yeah, it's dumb. It's honestly all it's doing is bringing bad publicity, whether warranted or unwarranted, towards the WWE. You got political people like Andrew Yang, like a career politician who was about to get put in to a decent position of power in America. I'm not exactly sure what American politics, not my thing, but, and he's constantly talked about how if when uh, his party gets put into the office, he's going to look into and investigate how Vince McMahon and the WWE treat their wrestlers because he feels like they're not treated humanely, basically. He's going to do the same thing with the UFC as well, apparently. So all they've done is just... And he's been talking about this for months now, and then this stuff happens, and all all they did was just, like, bring more attention to the subject, you know? So... Yeah. 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 Like, maybe they shouldn't be twitching or whatever, but bloody pay for their rental cars, you know. <laughs> Subsidize them for their airplane tickets or for their hotel rooms at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Mr. Yang can be in charge of the Small Business Administration. I forgot all about that. That was a real deep cut. That was one of those little that that was one of those little lines where it just like it sat there, it hit me. Wasn't too sure what that was. Oh now I get it. <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah. Oh man. Um yeah, we could probably spend the whole show just talking about Twitch <laughs> and WWE yeah. employees, but Wrestlers are people too, okay? Yes, as the once great poet once said, wrestling is real and people are fake. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Oh, you beat me to it. I was going to do the last one, but that's all good. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of someone who was known as Mr. Anderson, let's go to his former employee in TNA Impact Wrestling for Impact from Wednesday, November the 11th, 2020. Uh, start off with tag team match. Havoc and Nevaeh, Havoc and Nevaeh defeated Mass and Ray and Tenille Dashwood. An X-Division championship match where Rahit Raju, the champion, defeated TJP. Chris Saban defeated AC Romero in singles action. Eddie Edwards defeated Chris Bay. In the co-main event, a tag team match where Reno Scum... Adam Forstone and Lister the Legend defeated Crazy Steve and Falabar. And the main event, Carl Anderson defeated Josh Alexander by DQ. Um, your thoughts on this show here, Alex? Paint by numbers, generic booking. <laughs> Just yeah. a ge- real generic, forgettable wrestling show this was. I felt it was a good impact. However, as a go home for a network special on Impact Plus. It sort of sucked. Yeah, I'm not even going to hold back my feelings. 
two thumbs down on this one. Yeah, I said I said in the middle for this one. Um, some good in ring stuff here. I thought with um, Saban and uh, Eddie Edwards versus Chris Bay. Plus, Tanil got a bit of time to shine. Yeah, uh, quickly, I just want to say that Ethan Page is so good. And Josh Alexander is so good. The heavy rumor at the minute is that Ethan Page's contract runs out January 1st. I'm not too sure about Josh Alexander. But if Josh Alexander has to stick around and Ethan Page leaves, give Josh Alexander such a huge push, please. Like, this dude deserves a Shovsky. Yeah, I was going to bring it up uh, later on, but I suppose, talking of contracts, apparently the Rascals are out of contract. Yeah, uh, I think the Rascals are uh, heading to Orlando by the sounds of things. That's the heavy rumour at the minute. They're going to Wednesday nights, but... Not Jacksonville, they're going to Orlando. Black and yellow brand by looks of things. Yes, not to be confused with that black and gold of Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you just made me realise how similar the colours are. I need to sort that out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so moving on to the aforementioned black and gold brand of WWE. Thursday, November 12th, 2012. Starts off with a WWE North American Championship match where Johnny Gargano, the champion, is defeated by Leon Ruff. A WWE NXT Cruiserweight Championship match where Santos Escobar with Walking Wild and Raul Mendoza defeats Jake Atlas to retain. Candice LeRae defeats Tony Storm as well as Timothy Thatcher defeating Dexter Loomis. And the main event... Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan with Pete Dunne in their corner, the tag team champions, defeat Breezango, Fandango and Tyler Breeze in a championship rematch. Uh, your thoughts on NXT this week? The Leon Ruff winning the title thing was just perfect. I thought it was brilliant. It's been so long since a wrestling company's done that sort of angle before. And I just love to say that it's something I've been begging for from any brand for ages is just having like relatively unknown local sort of quote unquote job guy beat a champion for the title. It would be perfect. And this was great. And the way like Damien Priest puts the title belt around Leon Ruff's waist and Leon Ruff lifts his arm arms up to celebrate. But he's so skinny, the title belt just falls straight down his legs. He just doesn't even have the waist to hold up the title belt. It was hilarious. So good. Uh, the Johnny Gargano curse gimmick as well that, that they've been doing for ages now. It's it's entertaining, I think. There's going to have to be a payoff soon. But yeah, it's it's entertaining at least. Yeah, I disagree with you. I hated this opening match. I hated the stupid gimmick match again. Can we go? It wasn't one... a gimmick match. He How was it a gimmick match? What, what was a gimmick about the match? He spun the wheel, made the deal. It wasn't a spin the wheel, make the deal. It was a spin the wheel, get 
just for the your opponent. It's the same thing as just you know, re- as pretty much an open challenge. That's not a gimmick. Between sure. bell to bell, it's just a regular match. Okay, what did we have on Halloween Havoc? Spin the wheel, make the deal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and what happened bell to bell in those matches? It was like a what was it like the devil's playground match which was like a no dq sort of spooky street fight not a regular wrestling match yeah but i'm saying like again with the wheel two weeks afterwards like can we just have one normal week of nxt like we used to like but that's i i get what you're saying but like that's what gargano's gimmick has been these past few weeks is that He's terrified of wheels. He's terrified of wheels. He's not going to be able to beat a wheel. And then he find, then he has the match with Damien Priest and he wins the wheel match, right? So he starts getting overconfident. So he brings out another wheel like, my curse is over. I'm finally going to have my first ever successful title defense in NXT. And I'm going to continue beating the wheel. And what do you know? He couldn't beat the wheel. Yeah, I still hated it. <laughs> I, I I honestly believe you have some, like, deep-seated hatred of Gargano, and one day I need to dissect <laughs> where this all started from. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to take a wild guess that it might have been the 37 takeover main events he had in a row <laughs> against the same opponent. It might have been that. But I think he's a good wrestler in that. It's just overall NXT these past few months with the amount of gimmicks or stipulations or specialty matches or guest enforcers and stuff. It's just, can we stop for one episode, please? I honestly don't think the gimmicks have been that noticeable, to be honest, besides like Halloween Havoc and... That one random week they had a cage match with Rhea Ripley. But, like, besides that, I can't really think too much about it. Like, um... They had the weird tag team partnership eliminator for the Breezango uh, Championship win. That wasn't a gimmick match, though. They had the weird five-way qualifying series for the North American title ladder match. That's just a tournament, not a gimmick match. <laughs> You're going to defend all this, aren't you? No, I'm just saying, like, a gimmick match is bell to bell. Yeah. Maybe you're, you're, you're talking about gimmicks, not a gimmick match, I guess. I guess that's what you mean. Yeah, and then yeah. the... Or stipulations 60... so far, I guess. Yeah, and the 60-minute four-man draw Iron Man match that didn't go to overtime. That, that was dumb. But a match the next week that finished in a single fall as I was. <laughs> yeah, that was dumb. That yeah. that's, that was yeah, real dumb. Oh, uh, does NXT have a champion yet or what? <laughs> Not that I know of. Not that I care. Who's <laughs> um, women's champion? Is it still EO? Yeah, it's EO. She's okay, probably... EO's champion of North American NXT US. Get I'm out gonna, of here, Prime, got, or whatever his name is. Nah, 
we got Leon Ruff, the North American champion. Hey, by the way, have, have you noticed that when we get a North American title match, there's the hashtag in the corner of the screen that says hashtag NXTNA title? Yeah, it's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, all I see is like, like in my mind, I look at it and I just think of X Division TNA title. Because <laughs> like, I probably have used that before for the X Division title. Yeah. The like, TNA X without title. The N. Yeah, yeah, without the N at the start. But yeah, all I see in that hashtag is the middle two letters of T N A. It's just hilarious. Um, yeah, besides that, I think we spent a bit too much time on it. Pat McAfee's killing it. I know you don't like it, but I, I've been enjoying his promos. Um, I'm really, really happy that Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan are tag champs. Yeah, I am. I'm just not happy with the person they've been paired with. I. I would argue that that's heel heat. Fair enough, then. Um, <laughs> I said bums down this week for NXT. Yeah, uh, in case you couldn't tell by me defending everything on this show, uh, thumbs up from me. I thought it was good. Uh, fair enough, my man. Uh, from there, we go down to Thursday, November the 12th. 20... Yeah, Thursday, November the 12th, 2020 for All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Ah, you know the one good thing about this song? What? That Matthew stole it for Botchamania. Yeah, yeah, at least you can associate it with, like, not being bored and watching a thing live and waiting for the ads to end so you can hear JR complain about the show he's commentating on again. Oh, boy. Um, results were opening singles match Brian Cage with Ricky Starks defeated Matt Seidel a bunkhouse tag team match where the natural nightmares Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall defeated the Butcher and the Blade who had the bunny in their corner uh, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard defeated Scorpio Sky Tay Conti with Anna Jay defeated Red Velvet with Brandy Rhodes in her corner and in the main event Penta El Zero Mundo Miedo. 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 Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Defeated Ray Phoenix. I'm just going to leave that in. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. That was good. Uh, your thoughts? Um, uh, Penta El Zero Miedo, just in case anyone didn't catch that. Um, and Ray Phoenix, like, I loved the escalation in this match from their match a couple of weeks ago. Like, how this one was just much more, like, snug, violent, you know, the ripping at each other's mask thing. Like, if one brother does it to the other, why wouldn't the other retaliate? So it all made makes sense. Um, I thought it was great. Like, with Eddie Kingston on commentary, just chef's kiss, Moi, perfect. Um, the bunkhouse tag match, loved it. I oh, loved a good bunkhouse brawl back in the day, especially with, um, well, Dustin Rhodes was in quite a few back in the day, so that was cool to see this gimmick come back. 
Um, yes, it is just a hillbilly street fight. We get it, but you know this is a gimmick that's been around for since the late seventies, early eighties, sort of thing. So it was cool to bring this back. I thought the brutality in that was insane. So. I loved it. I finally saw something redeeming in QT Marshall. So good work to those guys. Oh, wow. Um, Did you forget about somebody's surprise return? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah, I have complaints about it, believe it or not. (laughs) Ooh. Well, so. so yeah, go on. I I'm excited to see where this goes, but you go ahead. So what was it earlier in this day? On that day, Tony Khan tweeted like, uh, "What is it after the end of tonight's episode of Dynamite? the the power the position of power or whatever in wrestling is going to change forever." And all it ended up being was Park. Which is all well and good if you didn't make it sound like it... Like, he basically did an old-school Dixie Carter by promising the world, and all we got was, like, a rural city. <laughs> you know, he, 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 pro- he promised us the entire universe, and all we got was, like, Talangada. <laughs> <laughs> Much love to Angada, but, but yeah, like, um, like he promised us so much. And I think this would have been so much more effective if they didn't do the video thing last week with Pack. If they didn't have Pack on last week for that video, we would have almost completely forgotten about him. I think this thing would have been better as a complete surprise. Yeah, I 100% agree there. Um, I felt it was a good overall show, except for one segment in particular. I'd say about 50% of that segment was pretty bad, but yes, go on. Cody and Jade were just horrible back and forth. I hated this thing. I don't think that was, I know I'm the Cody defender here, but I don't think that was Cody's fault. At one point, Jade is st- standing in the ring next to Cody and not even looking at Cody, just staring straight at the camera and just saying, my name is Jade blah, 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 and I'm the whatever catchphrase here. And, and like, she's just walking towards the camera and you just see, like, Cody standing, like, next to her just being like, why aren't you looking at me? Aren't you meant to be talking to me? Like, what are you doing? It was so awkward. And then you got JR on commentary burying Jade's promo. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, oh, that that helps. Well, how does that help anything? That's just dumb. That's just selfish, like, egotistical old old guy that just... Anyway. (laughs) Um... I don't you want to bury JR saving, too much. You know what was the saving grace of this entire promo? Heifer? Yes, 
Brandy Rhodes coming out and going, well, no, that's probably a bit harsh, but yes, Brandy Rhodes coming out at least and uh, cutting a great promo. Yeah. Um, yeah, the cores were out, that's for sure. Uh, the best part about this was commentary selling it. This is where commentary was fantastic. Like Tony Schiavone was like, audibly just gasping every time Brandy said something. He was just like, <gasps> and he's just like almost laughing at like ha- how brutal this is. He's like, oh my God, what? Yeah. yeah. It, it was just really good. Um, yeah. Bravo, Brandy. You finally cut a good promo. <laughs> You've done um, it. I thought overall Dynamite this week, bump sideways. Thumbs up for me. BTW, I really loved the finish of the Brian Cage Matt Seidel match where like Seidel did the big jump off the top rope and Brian Cage caught him into the perfect vertical suplex position for the drill claw. It looks so good. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Uh, so from there we go through to Saturday, November the 14th, 2020, the WWE SmackDown. Starts with an intercontinental title match where Sami Zayn defeats Apollo Crews via countout. Otis defeats Dolph Ziggler, who had Robert Roode in his corner. A no-holds-barred match where Rey Mysterio with the Mysterio family defeats Seth Rollins with Murphy in Seth's corner. A Survivor Series qualifying fatal four-way match where Liv Morgan defeats Natalia Tamina and a debuting Chelsea Green, who we'll talk about more in just a moment and a singles match where Drew McIntyre defeats Jey Uso. Alex, uh, I suppose your quick thoughts on what happened with Chelsea. Just heartbreaking, man. Yes. So for those who don't... Go on. Go on. No, like, this is the second time she's broken her wrist under the WWE umbrella. Like, when she first signed with NXT... She got put on TV for a couple of weeks, then immediately broke her wrist. Yeah. And and then, like, you know, after about six months, she comes back. She has a good run on NXT for a little, little bit. This is before the Robert Stone stuff, like, sort of sporadic appearances. Then I don't know if you recall, but at the very start of this year, WWE called up Dionna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green onto the main roster. And, like, Dionna Perrazzo had a match on Raw against Charlotte Flair. And Chelsea... Oh, no. Dionna Perrazzo had a match on Raw against Asuka. And Chelsea Green had a match on Raw against Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And then she got put back down to NXT does the Robert Stone stuff. Uh, Paul Heyman asked to call her up, reportedly. So they finish her off on NXT and then call her up. And by the time she gets called up, Paul Heyman's no longer in the position of power. And Chelsea Green's just not booked for about six months. She finally gets her main roster proper debut and immediately breaks her wrist again. Like, it's just, it's just such a heartbreaking story, man. Like, whether you like her or you don't, 
Like, this is just someone's someone's dreams just getting toyed with, you know? It's just, you just feel real bad for her. I did. Um, Yeah, apparently the reports were that she was going to win that match and sort of be pushed to the moon. Yeah, I know. And she didn't even get the chance to do anything, really. (laughs) Like, it was very quick into the match that it happened. Yeah. Just heartbreaking, man. Um, Yeah. And her wonderful fiancé had some very disparaging things to say about WWE on Instagram. Who was that who didn't have nice things to say? Uh, Her wonderful fiancé. Oh, yes. (laughs) Mr. Always Ready Matt Cardona, Mr. Zach, uh, FKA Zach Ryder. Mr. Always Ready? Oh, that's his new gimmick that he always goes on about that he thinks is over, but isn't. It's not over. <laughs> isn't he finished with AEW? Yeah. He reckons so, he, he wants to get signed by him, but I don't think he will. <laughs> where's he going to go then? Is he going to impact with old... Um, um, guarantee it. Almost not, um, guarantee it. Not Kurt Hawkins. Um, Brian Myers. Brian Myers, thank Come you. Come on, dude. The most professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I think, yeah, that's where he'll end up. Um, either that or, believe it or not, I think there's a possibility he'll show up at Ring of Honor. Because... Zach. Yeah. Um, pretty much Matt, because... Yeah. EC3 did an angle with him at their live podcast that they did like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And EC3, who is no longer doing stuff with Impact, but continuing to do stuff with Ring of Honor, you know, they're not going to tease a feud if they have nowhere to do it, right? So. Yeah, that's true too. Um, Overall, like, apart from the Chelsea Green stuff, which was obviously, like, bad luck and I feel sorry for her, SmackDown continues to be booked in by great segments, like the Sami Zayn-Apollo match was good for what it was before the finish, the Drew McIntyre-Jay Uso closing the show was good for the main event match. The rest of it's just sort of there, isn't it? Um... Yeah, I I would agree. Like, the opening promo with Drew and Roman was really good. Um, I will say that I thought Bell to Bell, the Rey Mysterio-Seth Rollins no Olds bard match was pretty good. Besides the little 619 botch at the very end, but, you know. Ray's done that thing, like, a million times and never botched it until now, so he gets, he can have a break on that one. The only thing I'll say is, if it's a feud-ending match, why was it advertised on, like, no notice? Well, actually, we can discuss it now. The heavy rumour is that somebody who is significant others to Seth Rollins is almost ready to deliver a baby, right? Yeah. And it's come a little bit ahead of schedule, so the rumour is that they're just 
tying up all the Seth Rollins loose ends immediately. Uh And that's what it looks like is happening because, well, they announced on this show, next week on SmackDown, Seth Rollins versus Buddy Murphy. So, yeah, they're just quickly tying all, all these loose ends off and, you know, Seth Rollins is going to be part of the Survivor Series team. He'll probably just get murdered in that match and we won't see him for a month or two. Yeah. I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not defending it. You know, you guys probably had, what, three, four, five opportunities to end this feud and it'd still be pretty good and not stale, but they just didn't. So they just kept kept it going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Um, I thought thumbs down this week. Thumbs in the middle for me, but maybe that's just because it was my birthday that day and I was in a good mood. <laughs> Speaking about things that put you in a good mood, have you watched Talking Shopper Mania 2 Rise of the Tornada? Rise of the Torturer. <laughs> I'll um, take I... that as a yes. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, of course I did. I watched this, um, let's just say, very late in the evening on my birthday. Well, it was about 2 o'clock, one, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning with good friend of the show, Warwick Thompson. So cheers to you brother thanks for popping in <laughs> and um yeah we watched this a little bit you know a th- couple of sheets into the wind or whatever they say we're we're definitely been um having a fair bit of fellowship all night and then we watched talking shopper mania and we just couldn't stop laughing like yes it's not a good pay-per-view but it's not meant to be it's just meant to be satire of wrestling basically is there any particular matches from here that you want to touch on quickly uh oh man um yeah quickly uh roll under shed so funny um obviously it's a ripoff of raw underground um even on commentary carl anderson is just like asking Rocky Romero, he just goes like, oh, so what you're saying is by doing this gimmick, we're saying that everything else is fake, but at least this is real. And Rocky Romero goes, yeah, 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 everything else is fake. This is just real. (laughs) Which is exactly the point of Raw Underground, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's a bit weird, uh, isn't it? Yeah. And then, like, they have, like, a heap of random J-brones doing their thing, like, fighting each other. And then out comes Rhino. He gores a few people. Then Justin Credible shows up and Tommy Dreamer shows up. Then the three of them just, like, look at each other and they're like, you know what? We've been doing this hardcore stuff for 25 years. It's time to go softcore. And they just, like, pull out, like, teddy bears and, like, kids' toys, and they're just, like, hitting each other with teddy bears and stuff, 
whilst like everyone around him's just yelling, "His soft core, his soft core, his soft core." It's very funny. <laughs> oh man, that just sounds so weird. Oh yeah, it. I'm still not entirely sure if you, in particular, will be able to switch off your um wrestling brain for this sort of show because it's all just mocking wrestling in general like the ball for a ball match is just ridiculous but i'm not gonna go into the results because honestly the results don't matter it's just it's just all ridiculous stuff they set up um like this new faction called the can i say that c word on this podcast yeah, the, go on. Yeah, the cock torturer world order, which with um, it's not fake sting, it's stang. Stang. Is, stang, which is uh, Heath Slater dressed as Wolfpack Sting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Could you know the throwback to that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly why they did it. That's exactly what... <laughs> on the first talk in Shopper Mania, they had him as just black and white Sting. Stang, sorry, Stang. <laughs> um, the Karate Man, Ethan Page. But he's just known as the Karate Man. There was uh, Mr. Hughes from the mid-90s. There was the Warlord and the Barbarian. Scott Damore. And uh, not Virgil, but... It was the return of Vincent. <laughs> and, of course, the big heel and the promotion, the cock torturer, which is just Luke Gallows in a... Uh, uh, which is the horror movie guy that wears the hockey mask? Jason? Is that Jason? I think so. Yeah, yeah he's in like a... Right. Jason Voorhees, like, hockey mask, and his whole gimmick is that he likes to cut off people's penises and poor old sex ferguson once again also played by luke gallows doc gallows and carl anderson had a ball for a ball match and the whole gimmick was he had to rip off the only way to win is to rip off the other man's testicles (laughs) and it ended up in a uh double finish i guess both men lost because of the karate man, Ethan Page, ripped off both men's testicles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's care. it's hard to explain. You just go watch it. Like I, I don't even care if we have to if you're not gonna talk about it on the podcast, just hit me up. Tell me how how you go watching it. Cause it's just it's so weird and horrible and like yeah. you had Rocky Romero dressed up as a luchador mur- um, help Chavo Guerrero get murdered by a lightsaber. That's a legitimate thing that happened. Tyre Valkyrie got eaten by a zombie. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, I suppose thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Thumbs up all the thumbs up but you just gotta go into it with the idea of just like this isn't a wrestling show this isn't like me to 
enjoy the athleticism. Like some of these matches, you can tell the guys wrestling in the matches are deliberately trying to be bad because yeah. it's just funnier. Like bad wrestling is perfect on this show. So yeah, you just got to expect it to be horrible and you'll have a good time. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go and check those first two out because I still haven't gone back and watched the first one yet. The first one has... Uh, the first one has its fantastic moments, but... Oh, the, the ball for a ball match. Carl Anderson's selling is just on another... Actually, both guys, like Carl Anderson and Gallo, is just them, like, verbal selling every time they get hit in the nuts. Just like, oh, man, you have to, my nuts, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's just got these ridiculous accents on and just looks hilarious. But we should probably move on. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Sunday, November 15th, 2020, for Impact Wrestling Turning Point on Impact Plus. Uh, opening contest was Eddie Edwards defeating Davari. I'm pretty sure that's Sean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because Ari is still, still with. Sorry, uh, I just went completely good brother on you. I just said Ari is still in the Fed. He's <laughs> still up north, brother. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched Two O Five in a while, so I'm not sure if he was still there or not. Uh, next was a tag team match: Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie defeated Jordan Grace and Tino. Tennille Dashwood, so Tennille's on a bit of a losing streak with tag teams. Uh, Brian Myers defeated Swoggle. Chris Saban and a returning killer queen himself, James Storm, <laughs> defeated Team Triple XL, AC Romero, and Larry D. Uh, the Impact X Division title was on the line when Rahit Raju, the champion, defeated Cousin Jake to retain. Willie Mack defeated Moose by DQ. The Impact World Tag Team Championships were on the line when the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, the champions, were defeated by the good brothers Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, making them the new champions. The Impact Knockouts Championship was on the line in a no-disqualification match where Sue Young, the champion, lost to Deanna Perazzo. And in the main event for the Impact World Championship, Rich won the champion, defeated Sammy Callahan to retain. Alex? Any sort of quick questions there? Uh, like I said to you off air, I didn't catch this one, but I am going to go back and watch it. It's really cool. Like, no, I doubt anyone even remembers this, but I swear to God it's happened before where Alex Shelley and Bobby Roode were both like sort of on the injury shelf or sort of out of action for a little bit. So they teamed up Chris Saban and James Storm for a little bit and they called them the beer guns. Ooh. And then and then they did it again here and they called them the beer guns, apparently. So that's like such a deep cut like throwback that I just love that little touch. So yeah, bravo to that. Um, what was the standout match of the night here? I think just the the Good Brothers finally getting that win over the North in the tag team match. Yeah, uh, 
Still a head scratcher why the North won the titles of Bound for Glory in the first place. Maybe to try to convince them to stay? I'm not sure. I don't know if, you know, dropping the titles two weeks two weeks later is really going to help them change their minds, but yeah. Um, what about old Sue Young winning the title only two weeks ago? Shouldn't have won it in the first place. I love Sue Young, but yeah. Do you think that was done as a precaution, not knowing what they'd find out a few days later about um, Kylie Ray? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think, that was... were... I think they just wanted to have a good babyface victory on that, uh, over Deonna on that night for Bound for Glory. But, you know, in the long run, there's probably not that much you can do with Sue Young as champ. It's not the sort of character that lends itself well to being champion, to be honest. Like a fiend. Yeah. Yeah, and even like... Yeah, even like a Undertaker or a Kane or... I'm going to catch a little bit of heat, even like a Mankind. There's more money in the chase with those sort of crazy characters or there's more money in them just being out of the picture at all, at all you know? Yeah. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good show. I gave Bum sideways. Oh, good. Uh, next, we go to Tuesday, November 17th, 2020, for the Ring of Honor Wrestling number 478. Uh, tag team opener, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, defeated the Soldiers of Savagery. That's Jasper Kane and Moses Murdochs, part of Shane Taylor's security. Um, then in the main event, Shane Taylor defeats Kenny King. Um, again, it's a good hour of wrestling. It's just now we're past the pure tournament. I'd like to hear some news on the women's championship. They don't have a champion anymore, do they? No, they were supposed to be crowning it at, um, is it 19th anniversary this year? 19th or 18th anniversary, they were supposed to crown it because Kellyanne was going over for that, remember, to start the tournament? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what happened between the matches? Any notable promos or anything like that? Nothing that I took note of or nothing that stands out now anyway, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah, honestly... Ring of Honor really dropped the ball. Like, they had a lot of people talking, especially at the start of that pure tournament. And now, like I see on Twitter, like, absolutely, the same people that were talking about Ring of Honor, not talking about Ring of Honor at all anymore. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. Uh, fun sideways this week. It's just, yeah, now we're at this stage. I'd like to see something about either like the world champions got something set up going into um end of year pay-per-view as do the um pure champion seems to be challenging for that it'd be good if yeah we had like even saying uh january women's tournaments coming to ring upon a television or something because yeah it's just mostly male wrestlers not that there's anything wrong with that but when you're trying to champion women's wrestling as well you sort of need to be doing something there <laughs> yeah anyway main event of the week wwe raw hooray 
Oh, you know what? This episode of Raw isn't the worst uh, of recent memory. Okay. For, for my liking, anyway. It's not the best. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So we have a six-person tag team match open up. Asuka, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose defeat Lana, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Did Lana go through the table again this week? Because I got up to go get a drink. Nine, week. Nine weeks in a row, my man. Nine weeks in a row. Uh, the absolutely pointless, meaning nothing, Raw WWE Tag Team Championships were defended when the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Wood defended it against the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin with Bobby Lashley and MVP in their corner, so New Day retained. An eight-man tag team match featuring... <sighs> Jesus, I hate this team... Retribution, Mace, Mustafa Ali, Slappy and T-Bar defeated Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, Riddle and Sheamus. Uh, Co-main event, Bray Wyatt with Alexa Bliss defeated The Miz with John Morrison in his corner. And in the main event for the WWE Championship, Randy Orton, the champion, was defeated by Drew McIntyre, the former champion, making Drew a two-time and current champion. So, so before we get into dissecting the match results here, I just want to talk about one segment in particular. Seamus giving the sword and kilt and the treasure chest to Drew McIntyre backstage, where he's like, oh, just, you know me, Drew, like, I." Oh, I know your mum real well. Like, she's almost like a mother to me. I've been sort of chatting with her the last few weeks and I got her to send me this to give to you on a special night. And I thought this was, like, a really good segment and it actually made me really hope that these two sort of stick together as just buds for a little bit, at least. Because I thought this was the most likeable Seamus has ever been in his entire career was this one segment. It was so fantastic. And, like, Drew just getting a little bit emotional, you know, seeing his family sword, which is like an old Celtic tradition. Like, you know, like, let's not overthink it and think about, like, how did they get a sword to travel from Scotland to America and, you know, it arrive on such short notice, but whatever. Um I thought it was just really nice. It was just really good. And it makes me think about how, like, back in the day, like, your top baby face used to have, like, a best buddy that would be, like, a, you know, mid-card, upper mid-card sort of guy that, like, whoever's going to be the next big heel would take out the main event baby face's best friend to get heat on the baby face. Like... It'd be like, you know, Hulk Hogan at one point had, like, Brutus Beefcake or Tugboat at certain times. And, you know... Uh, tuggy. Yeah, old old Tuggy. And, um, and they'd take, you know, Brutus Beefcake or Tugboat to really get Hulk Hogan fired up. I hope that's what this is. I hope this is Drew McIntyre being Hulk Hogan, Seamus being Brutus Beefcake, and I hope this isn't Drew McIntyre being Hulk Hogan 
and Seamus being Macho Man Randy Savage, and they eventually, you know, explode or whatever. Like, turn on each other. I hope that doesn't happen because whilst I think the matches would be fantastic between these two, no one's going to care about it because Seamus is just completely dead and buried at this point. My only criticism of that was, have we seen Seamus and Drew interact in a friendly manner a friendly manner while Drew's been champion before on TV. Oh, it's been the past two, three weeks he's been doing it, but generally they've been on separate brands almost their whole careers. Oh, yeah, true too. Seamus has been on SmackDown having bar fights with Jeff Hardy. I forgot about that. Yeah, For and, like, reason. and like even if you think back to like Drew McIntyre, like, debut 2009. The chosen one. Yeah. Sheamus was, like, accidentally pushing through the table to win his first WWE championship on Raw. Like, I don't think they've been on the same brand too often in their careers, if at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. Yeah. So what the hell, like, yeah. that's good. Drew winning, I just questioned because why did you take it off him? Like, pretty much the same as TNA, like, two, three weeks ago just to do this. To pop a rating. 100% to pop a rating. Was it advertised on last week's Raw? Yeah, it's been advertised for, like, two weeks. Okay. Is it- this and the tag title match. Unlike the unlike the episode of SmackDown on Saturday where nothing was advertised beforehand, this episode of Raw had sort of been built up for a couple of weeks with some of these matches. Ah. But so yeah, like I think it was really obvious what was gonna happen here. That Drew was gonna win because Never at any point had I even heard Randy Orton say Roman Reigns' name. But we had that segment on SmackDown where Drew McIntyre, for some reason, is on SmackDown confronting Roman Reigns. It's like, well, obviously that's a spoiler as to what's going to happen on Raw. Or is it? Uh, Well, if it wasn't, then... Jeez, can you get Randy Orton to at least say Roman Reigns' name? <laughs> oh, man. Um, bloody retribution. What the hell are they doing? Well, I don't think they did anything wrong on this episode. No, but they're like... <laughs> better part of three months in and they're just mid-carders. And they're happy to be there. They're like, we want to destroy WWE because it destroyed us. Here's a chainsaw. Here's spray paint. Oh, okay. We're happy with beating Braun Strowman and Keith Lee and Sheamus now. Hooray. To be fair, like, I do agree with what you're saying, but you just lift, listed, like, three top guys at the moment. Like, three, like, relatively big names that have had heavy pushes at some point this year. Okay, hang on. We're going to do something interesting. Yeah. 
I'm going to look at who they faced last week then. Last week re- doesn't matter. No, do you remember who they faced last week? Who's um, Keith Lee and Strowman and Sheamus? Oh, that's right. They were off last week. Oh, Retro- here we are. Oh, who are you talking about? Retribution or yeah, Retribution? The baby? Okay, it was a yeah. singles match where Mustafa with yeah Mace, beat someone. Yeah, Mace reckoning Slappy and T by old Ricochet. Yeah, I think um, I actually think they looked good in ring, but yeah, the gimmick's dead. The gimmick's completely buried. But I, I really want Mace and Tapar to be like killers. Like Mace looks so good. Like, I mean, if I was a kid and I saw like these guys, I would just be enthralled by the visuals. But then the bell rings, and then they just half the time they end up losing. So why do you care? But there's so much potential in the group; they just keep stuffing it up. Do you mind if I ruin it for the humans? Because I just thought of a really good comparison that you're going to hate me for. What? So about about seven years ago, the Shield debuted, three man unit, sort of camo sort of taking control, entering through the crowd, that sort of thing, similar to Retribution in a way. Yeah. So so if the Shield are your name brand, is Retribution your cheap Aldi special buys? In In a sense. But does that make Reckoning Renee Young? <laughs> sure, why the hell not? <laughs> um so uh that means coming out of retribution, Mace is gonna be the next Roman Reigns. That's fine. He's gonna be a budget Roman Reigns. What's that make Slapjack? Is he the Seth Rollins? Or is he uh, he's, the he's Dean a, Ambrose? He's gonna be Dean Ambrose, but a budget Dean Ambrose, so he's gonna like show up in AEW, but he's going to, like, attack someone on Dark to make his big return. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that's right. We've already talked about that, so we don't need to talk about Dark ever again. Nope, never again. uh, What are your thoughts on the Alexa Bliss gimmick change? I like it. I like that Bray's away from a title at the moment. However, him and The Miz would give him money in the bank, and I don't want that. I don't think that's the sort of thing he wants. I think this was just like a time-wasting match, just a one-night feud, I think. Because I think it's like it's blatantly obvious. We're going to get Bray and Randy coming after Survivor Series. Oh, we're gonna, no. Yeah, uh, you again. think that you think that's bad? We're gonna get Miz and Drew. At least had something different. Man, anyhow, give uh, us Jomo and and Drew. That'd be fantastic. They they had a really good feud once, and Jomo dressed up as um 
what is it? Mel Gibson in Braveheart. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, overall, I said thumbs down for all. As most weeks, it just drags on forever. Um, yeah, thumbs down for all. Thumbs in the middle for me, just entirely, because I thought the main event was pretty good. And I thought Drew looked like a mega badass in his entrance. Like, he got, like, a WrestleMania entrance, basically, for this You know what? That is actually worth it, and I don't have that in my notes, so thumbs in the middle. You've persuaded me. Yeah, like, he looks so cool coming out in the kilt and the sword, and he sticks his sword in the ground, and, like, all these flames come up. Oh, man. Is his sword a claymore? Yeah, that's what they kept saying. It's a claymore. And, like, yeah, it's just so cool. And the sword was just huge. That Drew McIntyre got a big old sword on him. Yeah. Um. So, do you have a TV champ of the week? Because I've got one lined up. Uh, honorable mention to Johnny Gargano because I was going to pick him just to see what reaction I'd get out of you, but I didn't. <laughs> um, you got to lose your privilege. <laughs> I still think I might with this pick. I'm going to pick the cock torturer. <laughs> oh, man. That's fair enough. Um, yeah. For myself, I went to AEW and I chose the one saving grace from a segment featuring someone who should be able to save a segment on his own. I chose Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Man, I really hope this Jade chick is like a really awesome wrestler, though. She's oh. got like a million dollar look. I hope she's good. We didn't even mention why she was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's talk Old, about that. Apparently, uh, Shaquille O'Neal's getting himself in the wrestling business. I, I have at least four different friends in my life that do not watch wrestling but have, but have seen an AEW segment just because of this whole announcement. Like... They knew about this. They, like, messaged me on the weekend, like, what is AEW? Shaq's showing up. That's going to be awesome. Can I come around and watch it when it happens? Yeah. So I guess that's kind of the point. Like, I don't think think the match is going to be that good, but I think Cody could do a good job telling a story with Shaq. Are they going to make it a mixed tag with Jade and Brandy there as well to carry Shaq? Has to be. It has to be. Like, Shaq's no spring chicken. That's what I was thinking. He's a, he's a big man like show, and he hasn't done this before. Even though he's athletic, he'd be worn down now. Yeah. Actually, we were talking about WrestleMania 32 earlier. Shaq was in that Andre the Giant Battle Royal, wasn't he? Hang on, I'll look it up. It was in one of them. Bloody making me look things up on the air. Bloody Shaquille O'Neal. You've got an O'Kill uh, jersey, like an actual proper one from one of the uncles. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Orlando Magic jersey. Anyway, what the hell was I looking up? Oh, uh, Wrestle 
Yep, WrestleMania 32. WrestleMania play but 10. 32. 32. What do you mean that there's no results for WrestleMania play button? Oh, no, it, it goes right happens. to 31. Yeah, go to 32. Oh. Oh, yeah, NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal, but was won by NXT call-up Baron Corbin. Yeah. Baron Corbin beat Shaq. <laughs> Tell you what, he must have had a better run in that thing than those two wannabe comedy guys. Who? Oh, last, oh, not last year. WrestleMania 35. American comedian guys who sat under... Oh, the, the guys from Saturday Night Live, yeah. The guys who were absolutely horrible and not funny at all when they had those promos. To be fair, they got wrestling writers scripting comedy promos to comedians. It's not going to work out well. Have you seen <laughs> any of Saturday Night Live? Yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah, it's With usually them? pretty good. The, their weekend update segments are okay. They're pretty I don't good. know what that word means, but is it funny? Yeah, relatively. Yeah, okay. the, it's they The thing is with bringing those two guys in, they're like the straight guys, like not in that way. Like they're not the funny ones. They're the serious ones that the over the top funny ones play off of. So why would you bring those guys in? Bring in the like wacky over the top guys in instead. So you're yeah. saying they brought in the two unfunniest ones out of the group at the time? Yeah, because like every like like Saturday Night Live cast needs a few like serious faces in there to make the crazy ones seem funnier. Um, yeah, and they brought in the two like more serious guys. It's just kind of dumb. <laughs> What was that? Uh, 35, wasn't it? Yeah, New York. Yeah. Because they booked the same spot in back-to-back Battle Royal matches in the kickoff. They oh, really? With, yeah, they did it with Carmella hiding under the ring for the women's one. Oh, the that's name right. redacted Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. Yeah, I love that it's just called the Women's Battle Royal. What Jericho want to call it? Uh, sensational Invitational. Oh, that'd be good. I I never heard that. Oh, yeah. that'd be so good though. <laughs> the sensational. Oh man, I want to. Oh, I've got her on my roster. I might book it. <laughs> yeah, now I can't find the article. Anywho, yeah, Andre Battle Royal. Not funny comedians. Bad choice. Yeah. Ah, anyway, upcoming pay per views. November 22nd is Survivor Series for WWE. December the 6th is NXT TakeOver 32. I don't believe it's been named yet. Do you know, Alex? It hasn't been, but I assume it's going to be a War Games. Ooh, oh, yeah, I can see the two teams they're setting up for that. Yeah. Uh, December 20th is WWE TLC Tables, Ladders, Chairs and Stairs. Oh, my. What about tables, ladders, and scares? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, and Impact will be having final resolution sometime in December. Uh, I haven't seen a confirmed date yet. Ah, so that's all of the wrap. 
do you have time for a bit of our block? My time is all yours, brother. You're just gonna have, you're just gonna have to be nice to Eliza if she, if she ever speaks to you again. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so opening night of Best of Super Juniors and World Tag League from Saturday, November fifteenth, twenty twenty. Did you watch any of this? Unfortunately, um, oh, you were birthdaying. Yeah, so <laughs> silly what, question. What day was this on? Uh, Saturday Arvo or Sunday yeah, Arvo? Saturday. You, yeah, you've got it written here as Saturday, November fifteenth, which means it was both Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> Fourteenth. Sorry, my Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, so yeah, late Saturday Arvo, I assume. Um, yeah, I. I was a few sheets to the wind at this point. I was definitely uh, enjoying the fellowship of my brethren, and definitely you was you weren't going to get me to watch any wrestling on Sunday when I was completely all tuckered out. Oof. I slept. Oh, where was I he this slept... week? Hey, where was he this week, old Tucker? Oh yeah, we got no Tucky. Oh. Okay. Uh, he'll probably join Retribution in a minute. Oh, you you just reminded me. <laughs> there was a group of masked men on Talking Shopper Mania 2 called Retropoopchen. Oh, man. Yeah, anyway, let's talk about New Japan. Uh, so, yeah, we've already done a show um, for our sort of brief predictions on World Tag League and a rundown of Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, so this is a opening night, so the matches are sort of one than the other. World Tag League match, Chaos, Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano defeat Bullet Club, that's Bad Luck, Farley and Chase Owens. Best of the Super Juniors, Master Watto with Hiroshi Tanzan defeats the late replacement of Yuya Yuramura for Yoshinobu Katamaru. Um, oh. Now, how did you want to rule this? because I wasn't going to interrupt you on your birthday for Katamaru. I didn't even know about this, so is he just completely out for the tournament? He's completely out for the rest of the tournament. I'm happy to leave my picks with Yurimura as Katamaru's picks. I don't think I pick Katamaru too often. Fair enough, and I shall do the same as well going forward. Um, next match was a World Tag League. The Empire, the Great Okan, his mystery partner, Jeff Cobb. I'm really relieved to hear that they're going to do something with Jeff Cobb and him being a heel is much better than anything he was already doing. So good stuff. I agree. Um, they defeated the team of Hiroshi, Tan- Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toro Hanare. Next was a Best of the Super Juniors match. Robbie Eagles defeats Doki. So at this stage, both Alex and myself had guessed Robbie Eagles, so we're both on one point. Next, a World Tag League match. Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defeat Chaos, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Um, Following that was a Best of the Super Juniors match. Show defeated Bushi. Alex chose Show. I chose Bushi. Alex is on two. I'm on one. I don't have my beer ratings struck down for this show. I'm sorry. 
Um, World Tag League match, Bullet Club, Evil, and Yujiro Takahashi were dicked to go in their corner. That's right, because you didn't get enough of him in the G1. Oh, God. Defeats. Oh, sorry, I'm still disgusted. Oh, what a horrible team. Thankfully, (laughs) the rest of the (laughs) shows are going to be split until the final. Oh. Defeated. Lost in Goblin Nobles de Hapan, Sonata, and Shingo Takage. Evil and huge. I can't get over how horrible that sounds. Best of the Super Juniors match, Ryusuke Taguchi defeated El Desperado by Alex and Marcel. Alex and myself had chosen Desperado. World Tag League match where Finjuice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson defeated the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tonga Loa, who had Jado in their corner. And in the main event, a Best of the Super Juniors match, Hiromu Takahashi defeats Taiji Ishimori. Alex had chose Taiji, I chose Hiromu, so we both end the night on two points apiece. Um, things I learnt. Thank God the rest of the tournament, uh, the rest of the tour is single tournament nights, meaning Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League will have their own nights until the final. Yeah, um, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know how I'm going to go trying to squeeze in watching this, uh, the best of the Super Juniors nights every time it's on, like with my schedule at the moment. Um, I can definitely guarantee I'll try to tune in for the for the final night of the block, I guess, and the and the final night in general. But yeah, so don't expect too many beer ratings from me. But when I do watch, I will rate. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I'll get my beer ratings and um, jot them down the next rap for night one. Uh, over to Alex's favourite part, the leaderboard. Total points, Alex, 78. Chris, 67. Alex has a nine-point lead. Uh, leading on three-point totals, six to zero. Leading on two-point totals, six to four. And leading on one-point totals, 66 to 65. Man, oh man, I'm still, th- I'm still thinking of what I'm gonna do with this R block win if I get it. Oh, oh man, you've never said I couldn't pick anyone out of the Hall of Fame, right? What about people that are already on your show? <laughs> nah, probably not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Ah, draft Booker T. <laughs> well, you want option C where you draft one person and forgo all the other options. Nah, 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 nah. I already got my game plan set up. Um, yeah, I think you should start thinking about what you would do too because it's good to be ready for when that moment comes. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I suppose that's it for the show today. Alex, where can the good humans find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, at FruityIsAlex. You can find us on Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. You can find us on Instagram as well with that very same address. And you can search us up on Facebook, search up WrestlingOzStyle with an AUS. And where can we find you, Chris? 
at I am Chris Bunder on Twitter, and you can listen back to the entire Wrestling Oz Style archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Nothing left to say, but g'day, and we'll speak to you next time. They stabbed Chavo Guerrero right through the sternum, and it came out his chest with a lightsaber, and they just literally murdered him.